Last week, we began a new series called Rethinking the Church. And I invited you then to think again about how vitally important you are to what it is to be church. And this week, we're going to be considering how an attitude of hope can be an encouragement to others. Sometimes I like to try to imagine what it must have been like to be part of the church in one of those cities where Paul's letters were sent to, to gather with others, to hear what Paul has to say. And what a joy it must have been to hear these opening words from Paul. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. I really love the opening paragraphs of the letter to the Philippians. There is such a, a sense of joy and encouragement in the words. In some ways, they fill you with a, a kind of anticipation for what is to come in the rest of the letter. Letter writing is, it seems to me, something of a dying art nowadays, with the ability to send texts and emails, WhatsApp messages. It seems that people have lost interest in writing real letters. I can remember when I was in the army in Germany, and also when I was living in Romania, the joy of receiving a letter from somebody back home and also the pleasure of taking time to deliberately craft a letter in return. Ten years ago this summer, a few of us from Bethel travelled to Romania with some of our teenagers to spend some time with youngsters from the Baptist Church in Albiulia and organising a camp for some children there. The campsite was in the beautiful, fairly remote forests in Transylvania. Fabulous for getting away from everything, but not so fabulous if you were a teenager used to constant communication on your mobile phone. It was, to be honest, something of a struggle for most of our team, and it was quite amusing to see them scrambling around on the steep hillside behind the campsite, trying to find even the weakest of mobile signals. But one of the teenagers, George, he didn't engage in this uh, signal searching, but instead he settled down each day to write, with a pen and paper, a letter home to his girlfriend. It was, I think, something of a novelty to the rest of the group, but I remember thinking then that there was something special in the time and effort taken to write these letters. Not getting an immediate response, knowing that he might quite possibly get home before at least some of the letters. But I'm sure it was a real joy for his girlfriend to receive those letters and to know that even though George was far away, he was thinking about her. And I think it must have been the same for those who received a letter from Paul. Excitement and anticipation and encouragement. We know that one of Paul's colleagues and one-time mentor, Barnabas, was known as the son of encouragement. But I think that Paul was himself a master of encouragement in his teachings and his writings. When Paul writes to the church in Philippi, he is himself in prison, most likely in Rome. 
And prison might not seem like the most inspiring place for writing letters of hope and encouragement to others, but this is exactly what Paul does. And although I could talk about the whole of this chapter this morning, I want to focus on just three verses from the middle of it. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the other brothers and sisters have become more confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Isn't that just amazing? Locked up and still preaching the gospel and proclaiming the good news. Paul wasn't feeling sorry for himself. He hadn't lost hope. He wasn't bitter or angry. Paul sees that his personal situation and the circumstances he's in are actually aiding the spreading of the good news. Paul says that those around him, including the guards, can see that I am in chains for Christ. I think we should be clear, these people wouldn't have understood this uh, simply from the physical fact that Paul was locked up. But because, even in such challenging circumstances, he continues to hold on to his faith and his trust and hope in Jesus and to share it with others. Paul's attitude in his imprisonment and his deliberate determination to share Jesus with others had a profound impact on those around him. Well, we find ourselves not locked up, but in lockdown, and perhaps for some it's difficult to tell the difference. But my question for you this morning is this. In lockdown, are you sharing the good news of Jesus with those around you? Are the people you come into contact with, perhaps virtually through screens, seeing something about your attitude and your manner that leads them to discover for themselves the confidence and hope that can only be found in the good news of Jesus? Are the people around you, close by and perhaps at a little distance, wanting a little bit of whatever it is that they see that you've got? Are you feeling sorry for yourself right now? Have you lost hope? Are you feeling bitter and angry? Or are you standing on the hope and trust that you have in your faith in Jesus? Paul writes that not only is everybody around him getting to understand what it is that gives him hope and confidence, but also that the other Christians around him are finding confidence and courage for themselves. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Now, I don't believe for one moment that these brothers and sisters were literally inspired by Paul's physical chains and the idea of being in chains themselves, but rather by how he handled himself and his faith in those chains. Paul's attitude and example was inspiring those around him to themselves preach the good news without fear. Are people being inspired by the church in the midst of this global crisis? I think the answer to that question is probably yes in some ways. We have received many positive responses to the song of the day that we share on Facebook each morning, and some from people who have no Christian faith at all, but who have been encouraged by the songs. 
And that's really encouraging. But I want to encourage you more, each one of you, to consider what people see in you right now. When you chat to them from a distance, when they read your posts or tweets or messages, are they seeing somebody who is equally as challenged by the circumstances they are in, or somebody who is working their way through it with hope, trust, confidence and joy? Adversity is a challenge, but it's also an opportunity. And Paul saw the opportunity in his circumstances, and so should we. I wonder, when you read a book, a good novel, do you ever get tempted to flick to the back to see how a certain situation works out? Or perhaps you're watching a film or TV series and you want to check out online to see the outcome of a certain aspect of that programme? Some people find that knowing the outcome helps to get them through the tension. And right now there's a lot of voices being raised asking for information. How will we come out of this? How long? When? What? There's something about not knowing, about living in uncertainty. We want clarity, we want a guarantee, but that's not the way life works. Life comes to us one day at a time, and how tomorrow unfolds always remains a mystery until it arrives. The uncertainty comes with a feeling of vulnerability. We want to be in control, so how do we find hope in the midst of uncertainty? Paul was no stranger to uncertainty. He wrote this letter from prison. Talk about uncertainty. How would his situation turn out? Paul had no idea how long he'd have to stay in prison. He had no guarantee on his outcome. But while there, Paul writes this remarkable letter to the Philippians. He writes about how his imprisonment has actually helped in spreading the gospel message. That message came to ears and to places where it never would have had Paul not been in jail. And he summarises his thoughts about his uncertain future like this. For me to live in Christ and to die is gain. In the face of his uncertain future, a future completely out of his hands, Paul has rooted himself to the one sure thing. Paul has fixed himself to the promises of God. Living in these times of uncertainty has certainly made us have to rethink the church. We have had to rethink how we gather and how we do services. And although this is a challenge, it is an opportunity too. Last week I invited you to rethink your role in church, to understand that you're a vital piece in the picture. And this week I want to encourage you to rethink what it means to be witnesses of the good news of Jesus to those around us. When our future is unclear, there is one thing that is certain. We belong to God and no one can snatch us out of God's hands. There is hope in our uncertainty, for we have the promises of God. So let's do our best to live in such a way that others will discover the promises of God for themselves. Let's make sure that our attitude in these uncertain times is an encouragement for others.